Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. And today we begin the book sales process. You're going to hear a lot about this. So why don't you go ahead and go buy the next great American bestseller, me, Clay Travis's American Playbook. I have got a copy here. This book is going to be out on August the 8th. I want it to be a bestseller because I want the New York Times to have to print my name as a best-selling author. It is hard, if you write books that are not left-wing in nature, to get on the bestseller list. Some of you will remember my last book was a bestseller, but it was not a New York Times bestseller because even though we were one of the 10 best nonfiction books in the week that I was released, if I remember correctly, I think we were six. Might have been as high as four overall in terms of total copies of books sold. They have this weird algorithm that amazingly ends up benefiting left-wing bookstores and left-wing authors, and so it is hard to get on the bestseller list. You may have seen my friend, Jesse Kelly talking about this recently with his book, which I would also encourage you to read. You can go buy this anywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, you name a bookseller. They are going to have this book on August 8th. You can go order it online right now, and you can guarantee that this book is shipped to you on the day of release. I think you guys are going to love it. I also will be all over the country doing live events. You can bring your own copy of the book if you already have it. You can also buy it there. Among the cities that I will be traveling to are as follows. I'm going to go west to east, Salt Lake City, I believe Phoenix, Austin, Houston, Nashville, Raleigh, Milwaukee, uh, down on the Florida Gulf Coast where I like to spend a lot of time, Atlanta, Chicago, uh, Cincinnati, I think Columbus, Ohio. We're trying to hit all of the different cities where we are number one. I also will be on the road during college football season, continuing to do events once we get into November, sorry, September, but I will be on the road for much of August when this book comes out. Again, starting in New York City on August 8th, we're going to be doing an event. I will be traveling all over the place. And I will be going to a ton of different cities and bookstores near you. So go buy your book. All right, let's start off here. Uh, Cocaine Gate. I'm going to get to the NBA in just a sec because I think the data that I shared with you in an OutKick story that I would encourage all of you to go read. Cocaine Gate is growing in significance. There now is a report that the cocaine was found in a highly restricted area of the West Wing near, according to MSNBC, the Situation Room. Um, a lot of people initially think Hunter Biden. Uh, 
I didn't think it was possible that Hunter Biden could be this crazy. But as more of this data is coming out and where they found the cocaine, I'm starting to feel like it may well be connected to Hunter Biden because we've now reached an area in the White House where you could be concerned about anthrax or some sort of chemical attack. The fact that you would take cocaine to the White House. I'm fortunate to have been to the West Wing. Uh, I'm fortunate to have gotten to visit the Oval Office. The fact that you would bring cocaine through all of the security that you have to go to to enter into the White House is such a crazy, addict-like behavior that I find it staggering that anyone would even take that risk. I've been through, I took my family through. This is a lot of security. It feels to me like this was someone in a VIP-type setting that was able to do this, and I just don't have a good sense for what may have happened here for this to have been, which was my initial thought, oh, this is just some low-level 25-year-old staffer, totally was planning on a big weekend for July 4th, accidentally dropped this thing or lost it inside the White House. I didn't think it was going to have the staying power that it has so far. This is starting to feel like a scandal, and I'll just point this out. As we wait for more details and as the investigation continues, Joe Biden pledged they were going to store decency, decorum, honor to the White House in the wake of Donald Trump's presidency. Just in the last few weeks, they had a pride event where multiple people were going topless at the White House, and now they have had cocaine in significantly restricted areas of the West Wing. Um, That doesn't feel like adults back in charge. That doesn't feel like returning a sense of decency and decorum to the White House. Just keep this in mind as you continue uh, to follow this story, as we certainly will be following it at OutKick on Clay and Buck and on this program. Okay, I've got a big piece. Some of you said, hey, how come you haven't been writing as much at OutKick? Well, the book, right? The book takes a lot of time and energy and effort to put together and get it ready for you to all be able to get it. I think the book is 293 pages. It's not an insubstantial work, all right? Um, I also, by the way, if you're out there and you listen to shows or you watch shows and you're not a huge reader, I recorded the entire audiobook. All 10 hours, I read every word myself of this book. 10 hours. 10 hours it took me to record everything. Maybe you're out on the road a lot. Maybe you're going on a vacation, long flight. You enjoy listening to audiobooks. My voice, reading every word. Again, it's available everywhere, certainly online. You can hear me read everything. But I'm going to be writing more at OutKick now that this book is getting ready to come out. Um, And I wrote a long-form piece arguing that the NBA was actually the first version of Bud Light. And somebody say, okay, what do you mean by that, Clay? Well... There was a decision made in what I believe is the left-wing sports media that they didn't want to acknowledge 
that being left-wing and political and woke was an incredible uh, hit on the overall NBA brand. And I shared all the data. I would encourage you to read it at OutKick. All the data on ratings over the last 30 years. Four of the five lowest-rated NBA finals from the last 30 years have occurred in the past four years. Okay? Let me repeat that. Four of the lowest five-rated NBA finals in the last 30 years have occurred in the last four years. The most watched NBA game of all time actually happened 25 years ago. 1998, game six of the NBA Finals. I bet a lot of you listening and watching me right now were watching that game. Michael Jordan maybe pushes off against Brian Russell, steps back, drains a jumper to win a sixth title for the Chicago Bulls. Over 35 million people watched that game. It is the single most watched basketball game in the history of the United States. By 2020, 80% of the NBA audience for the NBA Finals was gone. All of these years, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, the audience that's watching the NBA Finals is a pinprick of the audience that was watching in the Jordan era and even in much of the Kobe Bryant era. What's happened? And why are so many of you not aware of what this data reflects? Everybody knows that Bud Light has lost 30% of its audience. I just told you that from 1998 to 2020, the NBA Finals lost 80% of their audience. And they've continued to lose massive amounts of audience over the last four years because they have embraced woke, left-wing politics. Michael Jordan, my last book, was a Michael Jordan quote, Republicans buy sneakers too. That was what Jordan said when he was asked why he didn't get political. Republicans don't just buy sneakers. They like basketball too. A lot of people out there, they want to say, well, the audiences aren't as big for sports as they used to be. That's not true. Actually, the audiences are bigger. Did you know that there are 50 million more people in America today than lived in America in 1998? Think about how wild that is. 50 million more people. The audience is substantially more and greater than it was in 1998. The Super Bowl, which was just played in February between the Eagles and the Chiefs, most watched football game ever. Never have more people watched a football game. 115.1 million people watched the Super Bowl. Okay? Biggest football audience ever. Way more people watched the Super Bowl today than watched the Super Bowl back in 1998 and 1999. The NFL has grown its Super Bowl audience massively over the last 30 years. What's happened that the NBA hasn't? Well, some of you are like, well, 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 it's streaming, it's basketball. I'm going to have to raise my chair, by the way. I don't know what happened here. I keep sinking. This is unbelievable. Um, hold on a sec. A lot of you are saying, hey, what's going on? 
that's just basketball. Nobody watches basketball like they used to watch. It's not true, actually. Data doesn't reflect that's true at all. In fact, the most watched women's college basketball game of all time just aired this year, LSU against Iowa. And the most watched opening rounds of the NCAA tournament ever for men's basketball just happened. So you've got men's college basketball, women's college basketball, setting all-time record highs for viewership, and the NBA is setting all-time record lows. What's going on? If people love basketball, and if people love football, why are those sports setting all-time records while the NBA Finals are tanking? Why is the NBA four of the last five years worst ever in the last 30 years happened? It's because they went woke. Adam Silver took over from David Stern. LeBron James took over from Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And the combination of Adam Silver and LeBron James destroyed what Michael Jordan and David Stern built. The NBA used to like its fans. Remember NBA action? It's fantastic. Then what has happened? How often do you see stories about fans now? What they do is actually demand that fans get kicked out of arenas. We've had a big discussion about this. Because I've been saying for some time, you can't tell me that people are meaner in the crowd today than they were all the way back in 1988, right? I just don't buy that that's true. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Carl Malone, John Stockton, that entire era, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, they all wanted you to like basketball. They were selling the NBA as an iconic, must-see brand, and it worked. It was great. Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller, the NBA of the 90s, they've never come close to recapturing that audience. What a wild stat. More people watched a documentary about the 1998 Chicago Bulls than watched the actual NBA Finals in 2020. Think about that for a minute. People would rather watch a documentary about Michael Jordan than LeBron James actually playing in real games for a championship. Why hasn't this story been told? I encourage you to go read it. It's a long-form piece from me. Why hasn't the media told you the data on viewership in the NBA? I will submit it's because they don't want to acknowledge the power that conservative sports fans actually have. They don't want to acknowledge all these callers that I was getting. This is how I became aware that this was a real phenomenon. When I was doing Outkick the Coverage, my morning sports talk show, we would open up phone lines. People would overwhelmingly call in and say, I'm disgusted by what I've seen. And so I stopped watching and decided to do something else. The NBA brand, I think really starting with the Trump era, collapsed. And you can even go trace it to when Adam Silver made the decision to move the All-Star game out of Charlotte. I think that was a really consequential moment. Do you remember that? 
when Adam Silver said, we're not going to play the All-Star game in Charlotte, North Carolina because of a transgender bathroom build there. And then that opened the door for all the hypocrisy attacks. Because people said, wait a minute, the NBA's playing games in China. The NBA's playing games in the Middle East. The NBA's playing games in Mexico. They've got way more restrictive laws in those places than North Carolina does. And that's why what's going on right now, you can't miss it. Adam Silver is default telling you that everything I'm saying is true. How and what do I mean exactly by that? 1993 was the most watched NBA All-Star game of all time. 22 million people watched. Played in Salt Lake City. This past year, 30 years later, Salt Lake City hosts the NBA All-Star game again. And Salt Lake City is a part of Utah, which recently passed a couple of different laws. All right? What do those laws say? Those laws said that there was not going to be uh, any under-18 gender transition medical coverage allowed in Utah. Makes sense, right? You can't get a tattoo until you're a minor, until you're a, 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 of age, right? Until you're over 18. Why should you be able to cut off your breast? Why should you be able to stop from having your um, uh, your puberty blockers? All these things are crazy, right? Um, what actually happened? They also said, hey, you're going to play in sports against the gender on your birth certificate. And I want to make sure I read this quote right. They asked Adam Silver about that. They said, wait a minute, you pulled the All-Star game out of North Carolina over a transgender bathroom bill. Why in the world are you not reacting to what's going on in Utah? And Adam Silver said, um, hey, this is significant. Um, I want to read this quote. In North Carolina, this is Adam Silver, NBA commissioner. We were working directly with the team there, and it appeared to us there was an opportunity to have a direct impact on that law, meeting with and working with the larger business community. Our initial view working with the Utah Jazz is we're going to have to find a way to work in that environment and to create an inclusive environment for our game rather than take the position that we somehow uh, – that we have somehow an independent ability to change the minds of the voters of Utah. So the NBA is abandoning, attempting to, this woke ideology that led them to pull the All-Star game out of Charlotte. But they're not directly apologizing to fans for what they did. Again, go read the, pace, the, the piece. The data is irrefutable. In the Trump era, as the NBA embraced woke politics, remember they put education reform and say her name and respect us, all these different crazy things on the back of jerseys in 2020. Remember they refused to play with Jacob Blake. Uh, uh, they refused to play a, a playoff game, Black Lives Matter emblazoned on the court. Make no mistake what exactly happened the NBA embraced woke politics. LeBron James and Adam Silver led the NBA right off a cliff. The data reflects it. It's impossible to miss. Go read it. Go think about it and contemplate why I'm pretty much the only person saying this and why 
Outkick is pretty much the only media company that will discuss this. Think about it. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. New York Times, shifting gears here. Um, I, I saw this story, and frankly, I couldn't believe that this is still where we are. You guys know I like to read the front page uh, of the newspaper, and I like to read a print newspaper, both the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal every day. Front page New York Times, right column, article ripping Judge Dowdy. I talked about how important his First Amendment ruling was as it pertains to big tech censorship and more. Uh, and there is a paragraph on the front page of the New York Times today that says as follows. It is being overseen by Judge Terry A. Dowdy, who was appointed by President Donald J. Trump and has previously expressed little skepticism about debunked claims from vaccine skeptics. In one previous case, Judge Dowdy accepted as fact the claim that, quote, COVID-19 vaccines do not prevent transmission of the disease. Yeah, that's 100% true. Anyone who has studied COVID at all, and any of the data, we've known for multiple years now, going back to the summer of 2021, that the COVID shot doesn't stop the transmission of COVID. Yet they are attacking Judge Dowdy on the front page of the New York Times this morning for saying, in an opinion, COVID-19 vaccines do not prevent transmission of the disease. He's 100% right. There are a lot of people, this is important, there are tons of people out there who still don't know basic facts, and a lot of them are employed by the New York Times. This is indefensible stuff. This is on the front page of the newspaper, not years ago. It's on the front page of the newspaper right now. They're attacking Judge Dowdy for this ruling, even though they are wrong 100% about it. I was mentioning the NBA earlier. WNBA, this is a real story. AP wrote about it. ESPN's been all covering about it. They're trying to make it into a default human rights crisis that WNBA players don't get to travel on private planes. Uh, This is real. That it's some kind of issue that WNBA players have to travel commercial like most normal, regular people, like you and me and just about everybody watching and listening to this. Um, yeah, they don't make very much money. They're not that highly skilled. People who are traditionally not paid that much money tend to fly commercial aircraft. In fact, getting to fly commercial at all is actually a benefit. Are these sports media members aware of how most minor league baseball teams travel? Have they seen the buses that minor league teams travel on? Have they seen some of the hotels that minor league teams stay in? Of all the things that are going on in sports right now, 
the idea that the WNBA players are being discriminated against because they have to fly regular airplanes is one of the most laughably absurd and out-of-touch media stories that I have ever seen in the world of sports. People who are not rich don't fly private. People who are not highly skilled, incredibly valuable athletes tend to fly on commercial airlines. Heck, I'll give you an example from my own experience. A few years ago, I was flying L.A. to Atlanta. Uh, I was working at Fox Sports. I think it was the year Mizzou played against Alabama in the SEC championship game. Guess who was on my flight in uh, coach class with me? The U.S. women's soccer team. The U.S. women's soccer team were flying coach class all the way across the country from L.A. to Atlanta. Just like normal people. This was before... They made a ton of money. They're flying coach. They didn't have a charter plane. U.S. women's soccer team, way more valuable than a WNBA team. They're flying coach, sitting with your boy back in the back of the airplane. Big controversy going on right now. Did you guys see the viral video of the guy who showed up with a pizza, $20 delivery, Got a $5 tip, cursed out the house. Uh, the homeowner said her house was too nice, basically for a $5 tip. Do you guys see this video? It's been everywhere. We talked about it on Clay and Buck today. It has unleashed a tidal wave of opinions surrounding what is and what is not appropriate pay for tipping. I'm not an expert in tipping, I'll readily admit. There are now so many people out there that expect to get tipped. Every time I buy anything, they spin that uh, credit card reader around right in front of me and ask for a tip. I go get a coffee. They want a tip. I go pick up my own food to bring home. They want a tip. I uh, Basically, anything that you do now, there is an expectation of tipping. And I try and be consistent and tip 25% or more for all my meals. But this idea that you would curse someone for tipping you $5 on a $20 uh, pizza feels to me totally out of touch. That feels like a pretty good tip. Now, I don't even think you can get a pizza for $20 hardly anywhere. That seems like a pretty good deal to me. Every time I go through the drive-thru now, I am paying, it feels like, an absolute arm and a leg for everything. I'm going to be honest with you all. I went through the drive-thru at Zaxby's recently. $70. I couldn't believe it. Ordering for my kids, and I think maybe one or two of their friends, my wife was with me, $75 at a drive-thru fast food. Thanks, Joe Biden. And when that bill came, that made me realize, hey, I got to change my chicken tender fast food rankings. Controversial. Yesterday, understand everybody feels deeply about this. I had to bump Zaxby's down and elevate Raising Cane's. Raising Cane's has opened here in Nashville. There's one near my seventh grader's school. We've been having Raising Cane's lately. I like the crinkly fries. I love the Raising Cane's sauce. I like their tenders better. 
New power rankings for chicken tenders. Number one, Raising Cane's, Zaxby's, falling down to number two. And honestly, Zaxby's kind of nasty inside lately. When I go into local Zaxby's, not that clean, not a big fan. I used to love Zaxby's. I used to love the Zax sauce. Raising Cane's, hey, look, we got a competitive chicken tender environment here. Raising Cane's, elevated. I got to fix my chair. I keep sinking in it. Raising Cane's, now my number one chicken tenders. And I like the crinkly fries better. Like the Sonic tater tots. Love the Sonic tater tots, but I like the crinkly fries at Raising Cane's. Congratulations to Raising Cane's. Been a good week, I guess, for LSU people. Olivia Dunn announces she got like $500,000 for an Instagram post. Uh, We got uh, LSU just won the College World Series championship. Judge Dowdy, incredible defense of the First Amendment, LSU law grad. Raising Cane's, LSU grad. Comes out of the great state of Louisiana. They're now my number one in the chicken tender rankings. Not going to budge. I think they're solid there for a while. I didn't talk about this. I meant to mention it. You guys know I was in New York City for a while, and that was after I was in Cooperstown, New York, where I was up there for a 12-year-old baseball tournament. I thought that I was going to create some sort of major stir at LaGuardia Airport in New York City. My 12-year-old and his 12-year-old friend, who was staying with us in New York City, uh, one of his uh, one of his baseball friends. They each got a wooden bat. This is like little wooden little league bats. I hate checking bags, so I I don't remember the last time I checked a bag honestly for a domestic flight in the United States. I will do almost anything to avoid checking a bag. Um, so I was uh, traveling with them, me and the two of them. They each have a wooden bat. Now, I've seen a bunch of kids travel with lacrosse sticks. I've seen people travel with, because I'm in Nashville, a lot of times with uh, with guitars, a lot of instruments. I've seen this quite a lot. They wouldn't let me come through TSA with the uh, wooden bats. I guess they thought that I was going to take over an airplane and like uh, and, and go wild using them as a weapon. We're talking about kid Little League uh, wooden bats. So I had to go check them. But I was thinking to myself, oh, am I close to getting arrested for having weapons here? Um, So if you're out there and you are traveling with kids, wooden bats, not acceptable going through uh, uh, the uh, TSA. But I've seen a lot of lacrosse sticks. I've seen a lot of guitars. Feels inconsistent to me. I know, I know. The NSA, not reliable. Uh, I signed up for this Threads app by Instagram. I'm all in on Twitter. A lot of you are watching this on Twitter right now. I do think it's interesting that Mark Zuckerberg smells blood in the water here and is trying to create an opportunity uh, to to basically expose um, Twitter and the new ownership of Elon Musk by getting a lot of people to sign up for threads. Now, I did it. I'm on Instagram. As a general rule, I think I make a living speaking and I make a living uh, writing. I don't think there's a lot of people who want to see my picture. I don't blame you. I'm not a hot chick in a bikini, which is like 90% of the popularity, it seems to me, of Instagram. In fact, I think Instagram would go bankrupt 
if suddenly you said, hey, you can't post any photos of bathing suits on Instagram, I think it would vanish. I see some of these chicks, they got millions of followers just posting in bikinis all the time, more power to them. I don't really think threads, you can flag this, I could totally be wrong. I don't think threads is going to work because I think the people with substantial audiences on Instagram are not the same as the people who want to primarily write text on Twitter. We'll see. I'm signed up for it. I'm at Clay Travis Outkick. You can find me there. I'm also on Truth and Gab and all these parlor, all these other sites that have attempted to compete with Twitter. I just think that's going to be virtually impossible, but a lot of people have signed up. We'll see what ends up happening there. Finally, this is indefensible to me. Uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, he came out and said, hey, I've been carrying around a photo of someone uh, who was killed in the line of duty, a police officer, for 40 years. And then I got to give credit to him because I was ripping him for the story uh, about COVID and Judge Dowdy. But the New York Times had a really good story up uh, that I read and I, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe how crazy the lies were in this story. And so I want to make sure I get them all right for you. So I'm going to pull it up. Uh, Eric Adams is the mayor of New York City. Uh, he's uh, elected, what, a couple of years ago. And the headline is, the mayor had a photo of a fallen officer. Was his story about it true? Okay. Uh, and here's the opening paragraph. In Mayor Eric Adams' first month in office, he was confronted with a tragic crisis, the deaths of two New York City police officers who were responding to a domestic disturbance in Harlem. Mr. Adams, a former police captain, said that uh, it reminded, those deaths reminded him of the 1987 line-of-duty death of a friend, Officer Robert Venable. I still think about Robert, Mr. Adams said. I keep a picture of Robert in my wallet. A week later, Mr. Adams posed for a portrait in his office holding a wallet-sized photo of Officer Venable after the New York Times requested to see it. Uh, he since repeated the anecdote in interviews and at a police academy ceremony. Uh, but the weathered photo had not actually spent decades in the mayor's wallet. It was created by employees in the mayor's office, I'm reading from the New York Times, in the days after he claimed to carry it in his wallet. The employees were instructed to create a photo of him. A picture of the officer was found on Google, printed in black and white, made to look worn as if the mayor had been carrying it for some time, including splashing coffee on it. This is crazy. Um, I mean, this is this is wild. If it's true, now again, this is the New York Times, so I take everything they say with a grain of salt. But if this is true, we're going to talk about this on Clay and Buck tomorrow. Pretty indefensible behavior by Eric Adams. What a rotten lie to be caught in the middle of. Uh, all right. I appreciate all of you. I'll be on Fox News a little bit later this evening. Encourage you, American Playbook. You can buy it online everywhere books are sold. Uh, thank you 
all for uh, being uh, supporters here. I am Clay Travis. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. I will see you guys a little bit later on Fox News.